Hello my dear friends, my dear students of class 11th. I know after the chapter has been dealt in the class, you feel tedious and monotonous to sit to read line by line of that chapter. To sit on the chair, gazing to your book and reading the book. Sometimes, of course, it's a tedious job. Dear friends, I'm here to read line by line of your textbook so that you can hear me and go along with me learning the chapters in your leisure time and wherever and whenever you feel like. So let's go. I'm going to deal with the first chapter of biology of class 11, the living world. How wonderful is the living world? The wide range of living type is amazing. The extraordinary habitats in which we find living organisms, be it cold mountains, deciduous forests, oceans, freshwater lakes, deserts or hot springs, leave us speechless. The beauty of the galloping horse, of the migrating birds, the valley of flowers or the attacking shark evokes awe and a deep sense of wonder. The ecological conflict and cooperation among members of a population and among populations of a community or even the molecular traffic inside a cell make us deeply reflect on what indeed is life? This question has two implicit questions within it. The first is a technical one and seeks answer to what living is as opposed to the non-living. And the second is a philosophical one and seeks answer to what the purpose of life is. As scientists we shall not attempt answering the second question. We will try to reflect on what is living. What is living? When we try to define living, we conventionally look for the distinctive characteristics exhibited by living organisms. Growth, reproduction, ability to sense environment and mount a suitable response come to our mind immediately as unique features of living organisms. One can add a few more features like metabolism, ability to self-replicate, self-organize, interact and emergence to this list. Let us try to understand each of this. All living organisms grow. Increase in mass and increase in number of individuals are twin characteristics of growth. A multicellular organism grows by cell division. In plants, this growth by cell division occurs continuously throughout their lifespan. In animals, this growth is seen only up to a certain age. However, Cell division occurs in certain tissues to replace the lost cells. Unicellular organisms grow by cell division. 
One can easily observe this in the in vitro cultures by simply counting the number of cells under the microscope. In majority of higher animals and plants, growth and reproduction are mutually exclusive events. One must remember that increase in body mass is considered as growth. Non-living objects also grow. If we take increase in body mass as a criterion for growth. Mountains, boulders and sand mounds do grow. However, this kind of growth exhibited by non-living objects is by accumulation of material on the surface. In living organisms, growth is from inside. Growth therefore cannot be taken as a defining property of living organisms. Conditions under which it can be observed in all living organisms have to be explained and then we understand that it is a characteristic of living system. A dead organism does not grow. Reproduction likewise is a characteristic of living organisms. In multicellular organisms, Reproduction refers to the production of progeny possessing features more or less similar to those of parents. Invariably and implicitly, we refer to sexual reproduction. Organisms reproduce by asexual means also. Fungi multiply and spread easily due to the millions of asexual spores they produce. In lower organisms, like yeast and hydra, we observe budding. In planaria, that is flat worms, we observe true regeneration, that is, a fragmented organism regenerates the lost part of its body and becomes a new organism. The fungi, the filamentous algae, the protonema of Moses, all easily multiply by fragmentation. When it comes to unicellular organisms like bacteria, unicellular algae or amoeba, reproduction is synonymous with growth, that is, increase in number of cells. We have already defined growth as equivalent to increase in cell number or mass. Hence, we notice that in single cell organisms, we are not Further, there are many organisms which do not reproduce, like mules, sterile worker bees, infertile human couples, etc. Hence, reproduction also cannot be an all-inclusive defining characteristic of living organisms. Of course, no non-living object is capable of reproducing or replicating by itself. Another characteristic of life is metabolism. All living organisms are made up of chemicals. These chemicals, small and big, belonging to various classes, sizes, functions, etc. are constantly being made and changed into some other biomolecules. These conversions are chemical reactions or metabolic reactions. There are thousands of metabolic reactions occurring simultaneously inside all living organisms, be 
they be unicellular or multicellular. All plants, animals, fungi and microbes exhibit metabolism. The sum total of all the chemical reactions occurring in our body is metabolism. No non-living object exhibits metabolism. Metabolic reactions can be demonstrated outside the body in cell-free systems. An isolated metabolic reactions outside the body of an organism performed in a test tube is neither living nor non-living. Hence, while metabolism is a defining feature of all living organisms without exception, isolated metabolic reactions in vitro are not living things but surely living reactions. Hence, cellular organization of the body is the defining feature of life forms. Perhaps the most obvious and the technically complicated feature of all living organism is this ability to sense their surroundings or environment and respond to this environmental stimuli which could be physical, chemical or biological. We sense our environment through our sense organs. Plants respond to the external factors like light, water, temperature, other organisms, pollutants, etc. All organisms from the prokaryotes to the most complex eukaryotes can sense and respond to the environmental cues. Photoperiod affects reproduction in seasonal breeders, both plants and animals. All organisms handle chemicals entering their body. All organisms, therefore, are aware of their surroundings. Human being is the only organism who is aware of himself, that is, has self-consciousness. Consciousness, therefore, becomes the defining property of living organisms. When it comes to human beings, it is all the more difficult to define the living state. We observe patients lying in coma in hospitals, virtually supported by machines, which replace heart and lungs. The patient is otherwise brain dead. The patient has no self-consciousness. Are such patients who never come back to normal life, living or non-living? In higher classes, you will come to know that all living phenomena are due to underlying reactions. Properties of tissues are not present in the constituent cells, but arise as a result of interaction among the constituent cells. Similarly, properties of cellular organelles are not present in the molecular constituents of the organelle, but arise as a result of interactions among the molecular components comprising the organelle. This interaction results in emergent properties at a higher level of organization. This phenomenon is true in the hierarchy of the organizational complexities at all levels. Therefore, we can say that living organisms are self-replicating, evolving and self-regulating interactive systems 
capable of responding to external stimuli. Biology is the story of life on Earth. Biology is the story of evolution of living organisms on Earth. All living organisms present, past and future are linked to one another by the sharing of common genetic material but to varying degrees. Diversity in the living world If you look around, you will see a large variety of living organisms, be it potted plants, insects, birds, your pets or other animals and plants. There are also several organisms that you cannot see with your naked eyes, but they are all around you. If you were to increase the area that you make observations in the range and variety of organisms that you would increase. Obviously, if you were to visit a dense forest, you would probably see a much greater number of kinds of living organisms in it. Each different kind of plant, animals or organism that you see represents a species. The number of species that are known and described range between 1.7 to 1.8 million. This refers to biodiversity or the number of types of organisms present on earth. We should remember here that as we explore new areas and even old ones, new organisms are continuously being identified. As stated earlier, there are millions of plants and animals in the world. We know the plants and animals in our own area by their local names. These local names would vary from place to place. Even within a country, probably, you would recognize the confusion that would be created if we did not find ways and means to talk to each other or to refer to organisms we are talking about. Hence, there is a need to standardize the naming of living organisms such that a particular organism is known by the same name all over the world. This process is called nomenclature. Obviously, nomenclature or naming is only possible when the organism is described correctly and we know to what organism the name is attached to. This is identification. In order to facilitate the study, number of scientists have established procedures to assign the scientific name to each known organisms. This acceptable to biologists all over the world. For plants, scientific names are based on agreed principles and criteria which are provided in International Core for Botanical Nomenclature, ICBN. You may ask, how are animals named? Animals taxonomists have evolved International Code of Zoological Nomenclature, that is ICZN. The scientific names ensure that each organism has only one name. Description of any organism should enable the people in any part of the world to arrive at the same name. They are 
also ensure that such a name has not been used for any other known organisms. Biologists follow universally accepted principles to provide scientific names to known organisms. Each name has two components, the generic name and the specific epithet. This system of providing a name with two components is called binomial nomenclature. This naming was given by Carlos Linnaeus and is being practiced by biologists all over the world. This naming system, usually a two-word format, was found convenient. Let us take the example of mango to understand the way providing scientific names better. The scientific name of mango is written as Magnifera indica. Let us see how its binomial name. In this name, Magnifera represents the genus while indica is a particular species or a specific epithet. Other universal rules of nomenclature are as follows. Biological names are generally in Latin and written in italics. They are Latinized or derived from Latin irrespective of their origin. The first word in a biological name represents genus while the second component denotes the specific epithet. Both the words in a biological name when handwritten are separately underlined or are printed in italics to indicate their Latin origin. The first word denoting the genus also starts with a capital letter while the specific epithet starts with a small letter. It can be illustrated with the example of Magnifera indica. Name of the author appears after a specific epithet that is at the end of the biological name and is written as an abbreviated form. For example, Magnifera indica Linnaeus. It indicates that this species was first described by Linnaeus. Since it is nearly impossible to study all living organisms, it is necessary to devise some means to make this possible. This process is classification. Classification is the process by which Anything is grouped into convenient categories based on some easily observable characters. For example, we easily recognize groups such as plants or animals or dogs, cats and tissues. The moment we use any of these terms, we associate certain characters with the organism in that group. What image do you see? When you think of a dog, obviously each one of us will see dogs and not cats. Now, if we were to think of Alsatians, we know that we are talking about. Similarly, suppose we were to say mammals, you would of course think of the animals which have external ears and body hair. Likewise, in plants, 
If we try to talk of wheat, the picture in each of our minds will be of the wheat plants, not of rice or any other plant. Hence, all these dogs, cats, mammals, wheat, rice, plants, animals, etc. are convenient categories we use to study organisms. The scientific term for these categories is taxa. Here, you must recognize that taxa can indicate categories at a very different levels. Plants also form a taxa. Wheat is also a taxa. Similarly, animals, mammals, dogs are all taxa. But you know that a dog is a mammal and mammals are animals. Therefore, animals Mammals and dogs represent taxa at different levels. Hence, based on characteristics, all living organisms can be classified into different taxa. This process of classification is taxonomy. External and internal structure along with the structure of the cell development process and ecological information of organisms are essential and form the basis of modern taxonomic studies. Hence, characterization, identification, classification and nomenclature are the processes that are basic to taxonomy. Taxonomy is not something new. Human beings have always been interested in knowing more and more about the various kinds of organisms, particularly with reference to their own use. In early days, human beings needed to find sources for the basic needs of food, clothing and shelter. Hence, the earliest classification were based on the uses of the various organisms. Human beings were since long not only interested in knowing more about different kinds of organisms and their diversities, but also the relationship among them. This branch of the study was referred to as systematics. The word systematics is derived from the Latin word systema, which means systematic arrangement of organisms. Linnaeus used systema naturae as the title of his publication. The scope of systematics was later enlarged to include identification, nomenclature and classification. Systematics takes into account evolutionary relationships between organisms. Systematics takes into account evolutionary relationship between organisms. Taxonomic categories. Classification is not a single step process but involves hierarchy of steps in which each step represents a rank or category. Since the category is a part of overall taxonomic arrangement, it is called taxonomic category and all categories together constitute the taxonomic hierarchy. 
each category referred to as unit of classification in fact represents a rank and is commonly termed as taxon plural taxa taxonomic categories and hierarchy can be illustrated by an example insects represent a group of organisms sharing common features like three pairs of jointed legs it means insects are recognizable concrete objects which can be classified and thus were given a rank category can you name other such groups of organisms remember groups represents category category further denotes rank each rank or taxon in fact represents a unit of classification these taxonomic groups or categories are distinct biological entities and not merely morphological aggregates taxonomical studies of all known organisms have led to the development of common categories such as kingdom phylum or division for plants class order family genus and species all organisms including those in the plant and animal kingdoms have species as the lowest category now the question you may ask is how to place an organism in various categories the basic requirement is the knowledge of characters of an individual or group of organisms this helps in identifying similarities and dissimilarities among the individuals of the same kind of organisms as well as of the other kinds of organisms species taxonomic studies consider a group of individual organisms with fundamental similarities as a species one should be able to distinguish one species from the other closely related species based on their distinct morphological differences let us consider magnifera indica solanum cubosum that is potato and panthera leo that is lion all the three names indica cubosum and leo represent the species or the specific epithets while the first words like magnifera solanum and panthera are generic and represents another higher level of taxon or category each genus may have one or more than one specific epithets representing different organisms but having morphological similarities for example panthera has another specific epithet called tigris and solanum includes species like nigrum and melogena human beings belong to the species sapiens which is grouped in the genus homo the scientific name thus for human beings is written as homo sapiens genus genus comprise a group of related species which has more characters in common in comparison to species of other genera we can say 
that genera are aggregate of closely related species. For example, potato and brinjal are two different species, but both belong to the genus Solanum. Lion, that is Panthera leo, leopard, that is Panthera pardius, and tiger, that is Panthera trigris, with several common features and all spe species of the genus Panthera. This genus differs from the other genus Felix, which includes cats. Family. The next category family has a group of related genera with still less number of similarities as compared to genus and species. Families are categorized on the basis of both vegetative and reproductive features of plant species. Another plants, for example, three different genera, Solanum petunia and Datura, were placed in the family Solanaceae. Among animals, for example, genus Panthera, comprising lion, tiger, leopard, is put along with the genus Felix, that is cat, in the family Feridae. Similarly, if you observe the features of a cat and dog, you will find some similarities and some differences as well. They are separated into different families, Feridae and Canidae, respectively. Order. You have seen earlier that categories like species, genus and families are based on a number of similar characters. Generally, order and other higher taxonomic categories are identified based on the aggregate of characters. Order being a higher category is the assemblage of families which exhibit a few similar characters. The similar characters are less in number as compared to different genera included in a family. Plant families like Convalency, Solanaceae are included in the order polymenoids. Mainly based on the floral characters, the animal order the animal order Carnivora includes families like Felidae and Canidae. Class. This category includes related orders. For example, order primates comprising monkey, gorilla and gibbon is placed in class Mammalia along with other Carnivora that includes animals like tiger, cat and dog. Class Mammalia has other orders too. Phylum. Classes comprising animals like fishes, amphibians, reptiles, birds, along with their mammals, constitute the next higher category called phylum. All these based on the common features like presence of notochord and dorsal hollow neural system are included in phylum chordata. In case of plants, Classes with a few similar characters are assigned to a higher category called division. Kingdom. 
all animals belonging to the various phyla are assigned to the highest category called kingdom animalia in the classification system of animals the kingdom plantae on the other hand is a system of distinct and comprising all plants from various divisions henceforth we will refer to these two groups of animals and plant kingdoms the taxonomical categories from species to kingdom have been shown in ascending order starting with species these are broad categories however taxonomists have also developed sub categories in this hierarchy to facilitate more sound and scientific placement of various strata as we go higher from species to kingdom the number of common characteristics goes on decreasing lower the taxa more are the characteristics that the members within the taxon share higher the category greater is the difficulty of determining the relationship to other taxon at the same level hence the problem of classification becomes more complex taxonomical aids taxonomic study of various species of plants animals and other organisms are useful in agriculture forestry industry and in general in knowing our bio resources and their diversity these studies would require correct classification and identification of organism identification of organism requires intensive laboratory and field studies the collection of actual specimens of plants and animal species is essential and is the prime source of taxonomic studies these are also fundamental to studies and essential for training in systematics it is used for the classification of organism and the information gathered is also stored under 